Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you, and thank you for joining us. Come on, can we give it up for our youth pastor, Pastor Rob Ash? Don't you love him? Come on, and can we also give it up for our worship team, Danielle and Josh and DT on the drums, Ivan. So good. Well, hey, you guys, glad you made it here tonight. Come on, CYA, this is the best place to be on a Sunday night. I don't just say that, I really believe that. And so glad you're here. Um, I didn't get a chance. If it's your first time here, you've never been to Capital Young Adults before, would you just raise your hand? I'm not getting embarrassed. I just want to see who I'm talking to. I see your hand, see your hand, see your hand, see your hand. Welcome, welcome. Come on, you guys can give it up for him. This is family. So glad you're here. Well, hey, my name, uh, Pastor Rob said, my name is Garrison and uh, Tracy and I, we have the privilege of helping to lead this amazing uh, ministry, Capital Young Adults. We also uh, help lead our intern program. Where's our interns at this year? Come on, make some noise for the intern program. If, uh, come on, shameless plug, if you're not in interns, you need to get signed up next year because you're missing out. But there's always next year, amen? That's right. Well, hey, we, uh, tonight, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's kind of the order of things, I guess you could say. I'm going to read a little scripture. I'm going to pray. Uh, I might share a story or two and then talk about what I believe God's putting on my heart tonight. And I'm just going to say this, and you guys already sense it, but I really believe God's doing something special. I mean, there's, there's really something happening in this church. There's something happening in the atmosphere. Uh, Pastor Ken touched on it this morning. He said that there's, uh, when Benny was here, Pastor Benny, he talked about a portal being opened. Um, and what that means, essentially, I know it might sound crazy if you're new, but it just means that God is coming in to do something brand new. And I really strongly believe that. I feel that. And, um, man, I sense it in the atmosphere. I was in worship. I'm going to do this. I'm not doing this because Pastor Benny did this, but um, I wasn't looking for it. But I really felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. If not, it's okay. But um, he he did this. I actually had never seen this before, but I felt like the Holy Spirit just pretty strongly spoke to me in worship. Um, He said, um, he gave me a 1208. And Pastor Benny, maybe if you were here, you saw him do this. But um, if you uh, last night or maybe even actually this afternoon, like you took a nap and if you woke up and, and not like around, this is what Pastor Benny encouraged you, not around 1208, but if you woke up right at 1208 and you looked at the clock, it, it might've been last night. Like I said, it might've been this afternoon. You took a nap and you woke up right at 1208. If that was you, would you just stand for me real quick? If it's no one in here, that's okay. I just wanted to, to I feel like the Holy Spirit was really speaking to me. 12.08, I mean, like right on the dot. Is that anyone in here? Anyone? 12.08? Come on, if it's you, don't be shy. You can stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just feel like the Holy Spirit had a word for you. Is that anyone in here? Okay. All right. That's okay. That's okay. I just, I wanted to be obedient. I feel like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, so I wanted to step out in that. Um, 
Cool. Well, we're going to get into the word tonight. And um, like I said, I really believe it's going to be uh, it's going to be a powerful night. I think God's already doing something in the atmosphere here. Um, But we're going to start in uh, the book of Romans. Uh, It's a good book if you've read it before. Uh, Well, we're going to start in the book of Romans, and I'm going to read a few verses. Like I said, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to talk a little bit about this scripture. And I really believe God's going to do something awesome tonight. So if you're ready, you could say, I'm ready. Ready. All right. Well, if you don't have your Bible, that's okay. We have up on the jumbo screens, we have uh, the floating Bible, so you can read along with me as we do that. Uh, But this is Romans chapter 12. And uh, this is verses one through three. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds. Someone say transformed. By the renewal of your minds, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Someone say amen. amen. Awesome. Well, a little uh, background about uh, the book of Romans. This book was actually written um, A.D. 55 to 57. Scholars believe it was in between that time. Uh, so this would have been about 55 years after uh, Jesus was on the scene. He was living. He was walking amongst us. Uh, this is about 55 to 57 years after that, uh, that the book of Romans is written. And uh, the book of Romans is considered one of the most theologically dense books of the entire Bible. So there's some good stuff in here. If you want to learn theology, if you want to understand your Bible better, Romans is a really good place to go. It's one of the most theologically dense books in the entire Bible. Um, This book, it was actually written to the Church of Rome. Um, At this time, Rome was considered one of the most influential cities um, at this time. So Paul's writing a letter to Rome. And uh, it's in a very influential city. It could be like today, like Los Angeles, like New York, very influential, but even more so would have been the city of Rome. And um, Paul at this time, um, he hadn't visited the church of Rome and he's hoping to instruct and encourage the Jewish and the Gentiles uh, believers in this church. So uh, the major themes are this, um, the gospel, salvation, the love of God, justification, God's righteousness, the law, life in the flesh versus the spirit and the destiny of Israel. Someone knew was like, this is, this is way too much for me tonight. It's okay. Just hang on. It's going to be good. Uh, and then when we get to uh, passages, the passage, excuse me, in chapter 12 that we read, uh, Paul is writing primarily about the transforming power of the gospel and what Christians, uh, what Christian conduct, excuse me, should be as a result So one of the major emphases of uh, Paul, for Paul, is telling the Romans that their lives should look like, look like in light of what God has done. What their life should look like in light of what God has done. So Paul is making the point that in order for us to fully receive all that God has for us, it begins with the way that we think about ourselves and the world around us. The way we think about ourselves and the world around us. I want to talk tonight about the importance of the way that we view the world. 
the importance of the way that we view the world. Uh, my thesis, if you need a thesis tonight, is this, the way that we view the world, it matters. Someone say, it matters. Come on, would you pray with me? God, we just thank you for these moments that we shared tonight. And uh, Holy Spirit, we just sent you in the atmosphere. God, we believe that you're already here. We believe that you're working tonight. And I just ask that, God, you would um, just let it not be my words, but God, let it be your words tonight. We just pray that, Holy Spirit, you would have your way. God, tonight, would you, even right now, I just ask that you would soften our hearts. I ask that you would open our ears to hear you. God, prepare our eyes to see you. And Jesus, would you come and do what only you can do through this time? We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, what is a worldview? What is a worldview? Anyone have any thoughts? You don't have to share. That's okay. <laughs> Worldviews are, uh, there are ideas and our beliefs about the world. So worldviews, they can be uh, true, they can be partially true, or they can be totally false. Okay, worldviews are what provide framework for how we interpret and interact with the world. So every action that we take, whether we know it or not, every action that we take is dictated by the way that we view the world. Come on, we all have a worldview. I, uh, I'm a dad now. I love being a dad. And if you're new, my wife and I, Tracy, we just had a baby boy, Declan, and we believe he's the sweetest boy in the world. If you don't think so, you're a liar. So, and he's my son, so I got to tell uh, what he's like. Um, I, before he was born, and my wife is my witness, when Tracy was pregnant, I said I would never change a diaper. I'm like, babe, I will never change that boy's diaper. I love him, but I just can't do poop. So I was just convinced, like, no, that's just not, I'm not that guy. You know, like, that's, that's mom's job. And someone said, ooh, I can say it because she's not here. So if she was here, I'd still say it. Um, I was convinced I would never change his diaper. Uh, once he was born, I'm just going to tell you dads or dads to be, once he was born, my entire outlook changed. I'm like, okay, I love this baby so much. There's no way I can't change your diaper, dude. Like you are the cutest thing in the world. And, uh, I, I no longer see it as disgusting, but honestly, I now see it as fun. It's like, this is my time. I get to interact with my baby. I get to change his diaper, let him know that daddy loves him. Um, but I know this is a silly example, but whether we believe it or not, we all have a worldview. Yeah. Yeah. I know that me changing Declan's diaper is a silly example, but whether we know it or not, we have beliefs and ideas that shape how we see others and how we see the world around us. We all have a worldview, whether we know it or not. Yeah. And like I said, our worldview is what determines how we live and how we make decisions in the world. And this is how it works. What we believe makes us feel a certain way, and then how we feel determines how we behave. Want me to say it again? So what we believe, our worldview, determines how we feel. How we feel dictates how we behave in the world. Our worldview is important. So if we want to know what our worldview is, all we have to do is look at how we live. It's a telltale sign. It's like, if you want to know what your worldview is, how are you living? You look at someone and how they live, you can get a good idea of what their worldview is. 
So what are some common worldviews today outside of Christianity? I'm going to talk about three. These are the three probably largest worldviews right now that dominate our culture in today uh, outside of Christianity, okay? So just hang with me. Number one, uh, new spirituality. New spirituality is this. Uh, it be- they believe that uh, they emphasize the supernatural, but they simultaneously dislike institutions. So if you've been in uh, new spirituality or you've been around someone who's in new spirituality, um, you might hear things like this. All roads lead to heaven, so there's no real need for the church. We all pray to the same God. We just use different names. There's no such thing as one God. Jesus is just another God. If this is you in here, there's, there's no condemnation. I'm just letting you know this is a worldview. The supernatural in God is real, but we can access it however we want. There was a study done by a place called Barna Research. 61% of Christians agree with ideas rooted in new spirituality. Christians. I'm not talking about non-believers. Christians today, 61% believe in ideas rooted in new spirituality. Uh, number two, the next one, postmodernism. Uh, what postmodernism believes is that what's morally right and wrong depends on what I believe. Hey, yo, this is really prevalent right now in our world. So postmodernism, you might hear things like this. No one can know for certain what meaning and purpose is. Uh, there is to life. Everything is relative. We can only know what's true for ourselves. You can't tell me I'm wrong because you can't know what's right for me. You ever heard that or seen something like that in our world, like playing out? It's this, I hold all the truth. And if you disagree with me, you're wrong. Okay, well, what if you're wrong? (laughs) How do we correct that? Well, with this view, you can't because you can't tell me what's right and what's wrong. Only I can determine what truth is. You see the danger in this? Ultimate reality in postmodernism is subject to me and to what I say it is. This is where the term my truth comes from. Come on, we see that a lot now. Well, yeah, that's awesome, but my truth? Make statement. (laughs) Okay, well, that's not true, but it's my truth. Do you see how this can get really tricky? It's like, how do you have a conversation or how do you interact with someone who believes that their truth is the only truth? That's postmodernism. Uh, in that same study, uh, the researchers, they found that 54% of Christians agree with ideas rooted in postmodernism. 54%. Uh, the third one is secularism. Uh, secularism, the idea is that meaning and purpose come from working hard to earn as much as possible so we can make the most of our lives. So if you've been around secularism, this is, I mean, in pop culture, this is really prevalent. Uh, You might hear things like this. Our life is only valuable if society deems it valuable. The material world is all there is, so we need to get the most from it that we can. Life's all about working hard to achieve as much as possible so we can all live our best life. So what it's rooted in, it's rooted in an achievement mentality. A lot of us have probably been in this, been around this, thought like this. This, like I said, is very prevalent in today's culture, especially among our generation, the millennials. 
In that same study, 29% of Christians believe ideas based on secularism. 29%. So as I'm doing research and looking at this, I'm like, there is so many Christians today that their worldview is influenced by not a biblical-shaped worldview, but by the world. So knowing our worldview is important because worldviews aren't just ideas, they're how we interact with the world. Worldviews are how we take action in the world. And you know what? Culture would tell us that what you believe, it doesn't really matter. Like culture says things like, whatever you believe is good for you, whatever I believe that's good for me. Like there's an attitude around worldviews that they don't affect the world that we live in. Can I just say that's dangerous? In 2001, when Al-Qaeda came and uh, crashed into the World Trade Centers, did you know they actually believed they were doing a good thing? So their view of the world, that killing innocent people would actually please their God, Muhammad, you know what it did? It brought pain, it brought despair, it brought frustration to millions of Americans as a result. Worldviews have consequences. Worldviews do matter. Because you know what? Ideas don't just stay in books. They grow legs and they walk off the page. Beliefs aren't just held in our hand. They're seen in the world. So what we believe will play out in our lives and it will affect those around us. The reason is because like the tragedy of 911, Like I said, ideas have consequences. And the more important the idea, the more important its consequences. So the difference between going out and having lunch versus who I'm going to marry, two very different ideas, right? Two very different consequences. Where I go out to lunch, no big deal, right? It's okay, we'll figure it out. Who I marry, come on, that's going to affect me for the rest of my life. Two very different ideas, two very different consequences, right? But ideas have consequences. Bad ideas about sex and relationships, they lead to feeling a hookup culture. They lead to people feeling broken, used, and lonely. They contribute to sex trafficking, pornography, sexually transmitted diseases. Bad ideas about celebrity, about fame and physical appearance. They leave people confused, body shaming, and out of touch with reality. Bad ideas about value. They leave people pursuing success in order to prove their significance and their worth. Can you see how bad ideas have serious consequences? How our worldview really impacts those around us? See, ideas have consequences, and how we see the world always impacts and affects more than just us. So what does the Bible say about our worldview, right? We've got worldviews that are uh, popular in culture today. What does the Bible have to say about how we view the world? Well, verse 2, we read it earlier, says this. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. In verse two, the word this world, it translates to this present age. Now, if you look in Galatians 1, 4, this is actually the same word 
that's used in Romans. And what it actually means when you translate this world to this present age, what it actually translates to a more accurate translation is this evil age. Like, excuse me, like first, uh, many first century Jews, Paul believed that world history was actually divided into two categories. He believed there was the present age and then there was the age to come. So the present age is characterized by rebellion against God and the corruption and death that results. And the age that's to come is characterized by God giving new life to the world and humankind, bringing justice, joy, and peace for all. So two different ages. And a large part of Paul's gospel is making the point that this age to come that Paul talks about, it's already begun in Jesus. So what we're supposed to do as Christians is we're supposed to stop letting the world around us dictate how we live and how we think and how we act and start learning to live in light of the age to come that is already here in Jesus. That's what Paul means in this verse. When uh, Declan was, before he was born, this is amazing, he was in my wife's stomach. And um, it was interesting because even before he was here, we started getting things ready. Like Tracy and I had his nursery ready. We had all of his toys. We had everything for Declan. And we were living as if he was already born. Okay, like Declan being born, Jesus is the evidence in the arrival of the age to come that's here now. So we must begin to think and live in line with the new age right now, the age that Paul talks about. So how do we do this? In verse two, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Someone say transformed. So as Christians, we can't expect to live like Jesus and still think like the rest of the world. Paul makes the point that the key to being transformed is actually in the mind. In the first chapter of the book of Romans, Paul has an analysis that most of humans rebellion against God. You know what it is? It's their wrong thinking. And so having a mind renewed by the power of the spirit is how we enter into true human living that God has designed. Benny talked about this when he was here. I love this. He said, being transferred happens in a moment, but being transformed happens over a lifetime. And the word that Paul uses in uh, verse two, transformed, uh, it actually is the same Greek word um, where we get the word metamorphosis from. Like when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, it's this Greek word that Paul's using. And so, uh, in the same way that a caterpillar, I know this is silly, but in the same way a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, this is the same way Paul is saying that we're supposed to be changed in our thinking. We're to be renewed in our mind, metamorphosed, to be changed completely. That's what Paul's saying. This is why as Christians, we must refuse to let this present age that Paul talks about tell us how we're to think and to live. So worldviews like secularism, like new spirituality, like postmodernism that attempt to have a stink in line with these things that go against God's word, 
This is what we have to learn to discern and to war against. Our minds must be shaped by the age to come that has already broken in through Jesus. So the key to living right in the age to come is for us to think correctly. This whole scripture, this passage, Paul is addressing the mind, how we think, what we believe, how we see the world. That's why our worldview is so important. So how do we get and keep a biblical-shaped worldview? Uh, Number one, the importance of scripture. Uh, It says this, my goal, I don't think we have the scripture up. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is interesting. Uh, Only God can create something from nothing. So you know what we do as humans? We just like to rearrange. So think about this. Everything from Adam on, we've just rearranged. We actually don't have the power to create. Only God can create something from nothing. Only his word can take us from one state to an entirely new state. In Genesis 1, it says that God spoke and he created all of creation. It's his word that creates In Psalms 107.20, it says he sent out his word and he healed them and he delivered them from their destruction. He sent out his word and he healed them. God's word has the power to create. And only God can take us from one place to another. From impurity to purity. From chaos to peace. From from despair and desperation to hope. From fear to faith. Only God's word can do this. Because God's word is living, it's not just information. It's an impartation that creates new life that did not exist before. Only God's word can create something from nothing. And you know what it is? It's without God's word that we start to see our world based on our experience. This is what most of us do. Our life and our worldview is determined by the world around us and what we experience. When we lose a loved one, we think that God is uninvolved. But God's word says that he cares about every detail of our lives. When we see bad things happen to good people, we question the goodness of God. God's word says that he so loves the world. When we watch the news, we see what's going on in our world. We think God's out of touch with our lives. God's word says that he causes all things to work together for those who love him. So without God's word, we see the world through a distorted lens. It's God's word that allows us to see into a greater story. And number two is the importance of the church. One way the wisdom of God is revealed to us is through the church. It's in Ephesians that Paul tells us that it's through the church, the church, that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. The church. It's through the church that God displays his power and his wisdom to the world. 
It's not through the White House. It's not through a political party. It's not through famous people. It's not through Hollywood. It's the church that God has chosen to reside in. And it's the church that God uses to shape how we think and how we live and how we act. And because it's God's chosen residence, one of Satan's greatest lies is that the church isn't important to our faith. (laughs) There was a study that came out and it said that in 2010, 45% of those who claimed to have a religious affiliation attended church weekly. 45%. 45%. This was a, a decade ago, 10 years ago. Less than half of those who claimed to have a religious affiliation attended church weekly. In 2020, you want to know what it is now? It's less than 30%. So that means that less than one third of those with the religious affiliation are attending church weekly. That's a big deal. If God's church is so important and, and is the vehicle he chooses to use today, less than one-third of those who believe God are attending church, that's really big deal. This research went on to say that of those with a religious affiliation, 60%, excuse me, 66% of traditionalists, 58% of baby boomers, 50% of Generation Z, and 36% of millennials currently belong to a church. I don't know if you caught the theme, But the older generations, down to us, the millennials, there's a continual decrease of those going to church. So we could say from generation to generation, we're actually, we're we're seeing the understanding and the importance of church less and less. That's a big deal. Because at this current trend, you know what's going to happen is that church is going to become less and less important. And that's a huge effect on our faith. And this is why Satan loves to create division in the church. And he loves to create offenses with those in community. Because if he can get us out of God's community, then he knows our faith won't survive. It's separation from God that excuse me, from God's people that makes us vulnerable and unable to grow in our faith. So as Christians, we cannot keep our faith apart from the church. It's where God's spirit is at work amongst his people. It's through the church that God transforms our minds and our lives. And the band can come forward. We're almost done. Uh, Imagine... Imagine with me if we were a people whose lives were shaped not by culture, not by popular opinion, but by the power of God in his word and his church. Imagine if we were a people who weren't influenced by the views of the world, but we were influenced by the story of Jesus instead. See, If you came here tonight, whether you know it or not, you walked in here with a worldview. It might differ from someone to your left, someone to your right, but the reality is, friend, you have a way you you view the world. The way you live right now shows us what you believe. And most of us, we're actually influenced more by the world than we are by God's word. 
And we wonder why our lives are crazy. We wonder why our lives are stressful all the time. We wonder why there's a void in our soul. We wonder why it seems like we can never figure out life. It's because our view of the world is shaped by culture, not by God. If we want to be a people who influence our work environment, if we want to be a people who influence our family and our friends, if we want to be a people who influence the world around us, we must first begin to think right about ourselves and the world around us. We must, we must be a people whose lives are shaped by the story and the power of Jesus. And I'll end with this. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because by it, or excuse me, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. We must believe God and what his word says, because when we get that right, friends, we get everything else right. It's about being shaped by God's word. And so I want to do this as you guys stand. I just want to ask if some of you maybe walked in here tonight and you know that your life hasn't been shaped by the gospel. You know that the story of Jesus hasn't really been that important to you. Maybe you don't know God's word, that's okay. But if you came in tonight and you feel like, even as I was reading some of those worldviews, you feel like, man, I really fall into one of those categories, whether it's new age, new spirituality, postmodernism, secularism. If it's one of those categories, or maybe you just tonight realized, I don't have a biblical shaped worldview. I don't understand what God believes about me and about the world around me. If that's you tonight, I just want to ask you, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand in just a moment. And I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. And I just really believe that God tonight is going to give a new understanding of who he is. He's going to give a new understanding to his word. And so tonight, if you walked in here and you just or recognizing maybe for the first time, that's me. Like, man, I, I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe what God says about me. And you know what? Tonight, I, I want to give up this worldview. I want to give up some of the things that I've thought to be true. I want to give up what I think might be holding me back. If that's you in here tonight, and you might even have a relationship with Jesus, but maybe just culture has influenced your worldview more than the Bible has. If that's you in here tonight, I'm just going to ask you really quick, would you just raise your hand in here? You would just say, I feel like that's me. I feel like I've been more influenced by the world than by God's word. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Awesome. Would you just pray with me tonight, church? God, we just pray for every hand that's lifted. Lord, I thank you that they are so bold to just even step out and just say, God, there's some things I don't understand. There's some things that I don't get. And God, I pray for every hand that's raised tonight 
that Lord, whatever worldview they're holding on to, that, that God is shaping how they live, it's shaping how they think. I just pray tonight that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that God, you would touch their lives. Lord, I ask that tonight there would come a renewing of their minds. God, even as Paul said in Romans, Lord, he said that we're not to be transformed by this world, but we are to be renewed in our thinking. God, I pray tonight for those with their hands raised that God, you would do a fresh work in the name of Jesus. Lord, where old thoughts and beliefs and ideas have taken up room in their hearts and their minds right now in Jesus' name, God, we thank you you're doing something new. So God, we just pray over their minds and their hearts. Holy Spirit, do a fresh work, God. Lord, I pray that where there's been chaos, I pray that where there's been, Lord, desperation, I pray that where there's even been that spirit of fear, God, right now, you're coming in and making all things new. And so God, we seal every single hand that was raised tonight. God, would you do a fresh work in their lives? Do a fresh work, Holy Spirit. So we bless them right now in Jesus' name. And we bind them right now to God's perfect will. And we thank you for them, Jesus. And I want to do this too. If you showed up tonight and you haven't put your faith or your trust in Jesus, and you showed up and you felt like, man, from the beginning of worship, God was doing something. I don't know what it is, and I've never really experienced this. Pastor Rob talked about it, but I feel like there is a presence in here, and I want to be right with Jesus. If he's real, I want to be right with him. If that's you tonight, I'm just going to ask on the count of three, same thing, to lift your hand and then put it back down. If that's you, and you say, I want to get right with Jesus. On the count of three, one, I'm just going to have you lift your hand and put it back down. Two, three, you would say, that's me. I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. Keep it raised just for one second. I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And we're going to do this. The Bible says that when we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths, it says that we will be saved. And I just want the whole church to do this. If you raise your hand especially, but church, would you just do this with us as well? We're going to pray this simple prayer. We're going to invite Jesus into our hearts tonight. So if you raise your hand especially, would you just repeat this prayer after me? Just say, Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. I believe what you've done on the cross. Thank you for your blood that was shed. I receive your grace. I receive your mercy. God, would you do something new? Would you shape how I see the world? Would you shape how I see those around me? And God, would you shape how I see myself? I love you, Jesus. And I thank you for your goodness. Amen. Come on, church. Can we give it up for those people tonight? Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.